Welcome to the Provo Kids Show, everyone. Holy fuck. Well, that was a good song by, uh, what's the, what are they called? Um, what are they called? They're obviously called Hollow Hill, everybody. Um, and I'm grateful, um, to them for letting me jam to their tunes. Uh, usually at the start or end of every podcast, uh, since I've been talking to them. And, man, what's up in Provo, dude? Not much, man. Just fucking chemtrails all over this city. Just silver iodide. And when I say chemtrails, I say it with a little bit of loathing, uh, loathingness. Uh, what I mean is cloud seeding. And uh, the reason I call it, uh, what's it called? The reason I call it chemtrails is just colloquially. I think that's the word. That's what it's known as. But in reality, the way it's codified into law, it's called cloud seeding. So, well, there's been a lot of those lately. That's all I can say. Just a ton, um, a ton of cloud seeding. I, I didn't see any today, which is strange, right? And then as I'm walking in and the sun's setting, I see just one big fat chemtrail. And what I've started to notice with these chemtrails, at least in Utah, um, and I've seen multiple spray patterns and like, Provo Kid, how do you know? Well, how do you know if it's like a regular condensation trail or like a chemtrail? I'm like, hey. Here's how I know. I I know I know where the the airport is in Utah. So there's like three airports next to me. There's an airport in Provo. There's an airport in Heber, and there's an airport in Salt Lake City. And so I I've grown up in Utah, and I'm I'm familiar with the flight traffic patterns. But I will say the pandemic fucked it up because all of a sudden I got used to not seeing it, seeing all the uh, traffic patterns, because uh, a lot of people stopped flying. But you know who didn't stop flying? Those goddamn chemtrail planes. And you're like, I know. There, that's not a commercial flight, and I know that's not a commercial flight because if there were that many commercial flights, people would be, uh, you know, what I mean, that's too many commercial flights in the, in the sky right now during the pandemic. Um, so there is pretty easy to kind of like, uh, if you had any doubts, which you shouldn't about chemtrails or cloud seeding, because just go Google what is cloud seeding. It's so funny if you and I check out all the earlier episodes where I talk about the same bullshit. But if you Google chemtrails, you'll get a Wikipedia link about how it's a conspiracy and these people believe the government's spraying things in the air. And it's like, then you go to, then you go to Google again and then you type in cloud seeding and you're like, just a government approved way of uh, helping fight climate change where the government, sp- government sprays from the ground and in the air chemicals, um, <laughs> silver iodide to alter the weather pattern. like welcome to the show man i'm talking chemtrails early on i guess fuck or cloud seeding and uh like what are, what are some people is this a conspiracy podcast no uh, i'm a it's a free thinker back pot free thinking podcast and uh i'm just hanging out if there's any other conspiracies i want to talk about i might drop them you know what i mean like uh i got such a data bank uh but most of the time i don't ever like really hold on to things as true right like you know, you can come across information and hold on to it. And I don't, it's not like just because I hear something or read something it's, and uh, I, I reiterate it or I tell it back to my audience doesn't necessarily mean I believe it or I think that, just so we're all clear. Um, and it's a it's an old quote by Marshall McLuhan um, that I kind of live by. And the quote goes a little something like this. I don't necessarily agree with everything I say. Right. So that's, that's probably my favorite quote of all time because you can talk and you can express opinions and not even agree with yourself right like a real 
nuanced perspective is just sometimes you can make a point and the point of your point isn't it's well it's to prove you correct right but you might not even agree with what you're saying um so anyways uh what the fuck am i even talking about eight minutes in this fucking podcast not much i will say this the provo kid and i thought about this as the provo kid kind of becomes a provo legend and whether I choose to be one or not, it's kind of like Spider-Man, right? Like as the only podcast in Provo, really. Um, there's other podcasts. Uh, the Provo Shaman has a prod- podcast called Provo Exposed. And he's actually pretty legit with it, I would say. Um, so mad mad respect to the Provo Shaman, uh, Lord Taylor Field, and uh, what he's doing out of Provo. But for the most part, I would say, in general, and generally speaking, uh, just the whole, if, let's just say this, there, like, if you think about making a podcast in LA, how many motherfuckers are making podcasts in LA, right? Like, oh God, it must be everyone, right? And then in Provo right now, it's just me. So, and it's funny, uh, it's just weird to think about that. Here's something I noticed with other podcasters. What you'll see a lot too is they keep the microphone out out of camera view, and I don't even understand that. It's like, what kind of mic you use? Because um, when I'm when I record my podcast, I kind of look at the uh, on OBS. That's where I stream from. I look at the microphone levels, and so for me, I'm like, how would anybody have a microphone like away, or far away, or not within screenshot? Because I was like, I don't know. Do people? Is that a, like a you just don't know, man. I just, just kind of realized that uh, that a lot of times people, when they podcast, you can't see their microphone, which is kind of nice, right? Like, you just get to focus on them. Um, but whatever, man. Here I am. And uh, what am I going to talk about, dude? Really, uh, there's a few things. I watched uh, another movie. But uh, I watched another movie, man. And it's, it's not a bad thing to watch movies again. But uh, just make sure you watch them cognitive. Co- what's the word? Consciously. Uh, there's so many words you can can use. That's why sometimes I get hung up on words. When people think about it, it's like uh, when I think about language. Sometimes the words you can choose, it's like a road. You know what I mean? You're like, oh man. Some people just keep saying the same shit over and over again. I'm like, I want to say a new word. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, man. Uh, the thriving for new words. Um, and to think differently about stuff, like to, to talk about things imaginatively, you know what I mean? Uh, it's always fun, right? And how about this, dude? I want to know if anybody else has noticed these things. So, like, you go into a church. This is my experience. Happened. And uh, an LDS church, Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, you go into any of their churches, and they all smell the exact same. And I was thinking about that. Um, and it, it doesn't matter. I've been to churches in Utah and out of Utah. And uh, mind you, I'm not an active LDS person. So like, if people want to get down on that LDS conversation, we'll do that later. Um, but anyways, I just thought it was fascinating how um, all churches smell the same. And I was wondering, like, do... And I've been into Catholic churches. I've been into Seventh-day Adventist churches. I've been to a couple other churches. But none of those churches got hit that nose olfactory senses the way that the LDS church does, just on that repeated basis. Like, 
I don't know what it is, but every fucking LDS church smells the same. I'm like, I'm like, is it the carpet? Do they buy carpet from like a certain company? Or are they spraying something <clears throat> in the hall? Do they have this like special Mormon scent? Oh, and uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not too sure uh, why that is. And I also, as I was thinking about this, um, public school always smells the same. And everybody knows, I think, the smell of public school or elementary school. Like, how about this? The smell of the cafeteria? Oh, God. The smell of lunch food? And why is it always the same? Why was lunch food and the cafeteria smelled the same all the way up until high school? And you know what's crazy? When I was in high school, I used to hear stories about what, like, uh, some high schools would have in their lunch. And, like, they would have this and they would have that. For example, like Arby's and these other things. And, motherfucker, when I got to high school, they uh, had Arby's for one year at our lunch. I was like, wow, what the fuck? And then they got rid of it. But I was stacking. Dude, I had the meats so, uh, sophomore year in high school, bro. Oh, so many Arby's. I probably had three Arby's things, and I just stack them, bro. Stack those Arby's. Wow. And I can't... Why did they stop that? I don't even know. I'm, before... I got there. They probably had Arby's in one other place. But think about that. Like in American public schools, I think they could only get away with that shit for so long. Right? Because like once it – holy holy shit, Johnson. What are they feeding these kids? <laughs> but man, it's funny how people talk about like they care about public school. Like they don't. Nobody really does, bro. Um, and I know some people are like in the system and they're in the game. And trust me, I walked away from it, dude. I might have to go back later in life just for fun or who knows, might go back to the educational system. But uh, right now, dude, I just, it to me, looking at that whole cycle of conditioning and just how the government creates, uh, what's it called? Like, the whole, the whole institution of education from top to bottom is structured uh, in a way to create a propaganda machine or system. And what do I mean by that? <clears throat> so the, the educational system, and I think I talked about this in my last podcast, but it dispenses a certain narrative, a certain perspective. And for a long time, people, well, I guess now people don't like the way it has been. They want to change it. But either way, it's just like <clears throat> the, the, the educational system in America tells you uh, what to think, not how to think, right? And so it's uh, to me, it's pretty pretty nauseating that uh, people argue about the nuts and bolts of the public educational system rather than just realizing like it's a it's a it's an entire prison complex. Uh, so, just on that note, I find that interesting uh, as I reflect on that because there are good people in the system. It's like you ever you know, there's people in prison who don't deserve to be there. There's good, there's good parole, not parole, there's good prison guards, bad prison guards. There's people who are there to, you know, try to help their community and be a good upstanding citizen and blah, blah, blah. And there's people there who are just pieces of shit. I mean, it's everywhere in the world, man. It's fucking everywhere. The diversity of life. And it's funny, like, uh, yeah, man, there's good people, there's bad people everywhere. And it's just fucking... <clears throat> It's just nuts, dude. It's it's nuts when the world is mostly about people now. I think the world used to be about everything. I mean, now what's the world about for most people? It's about screens and 
being involved in other people's lives. Where before, I think a lot of people, fuck, I have no clue, by the way, when I'm talking about stuff. I feel like a lot, a lot of times when I look back in the past, people were involved in things outside of themselves, right? Because they had to build communities, they had to grow society. And now I feel like you look at society and it's kind of like maxed. It's like, well, you're not, no more new lands, you know, suburbs are maxed out. Oh, there, there's not a lot of new jobs being discovered, right? Like, it's all the same jobs in the same areas, like computers or health, right? There's no, when was the last time a new industry was created? We're like, holy shit, this industry could give everybody a career, right? But the reality is, I think what's going to happen, and I don't know shit, um, but what's going to happen and I've worked in a I've worked in a factory before, believed in believe it or not, I'm a blue blue collar worker, and I worked at the kettles kettle chips factory. And when I worked, I've shared this story many times, and I'm going to share it again. When I worked at the kettle chips factory, um, they had six assembly lines up and running. Probably had the option of running more, and did have more assembly lines, and at different days ran different assembly lines. Because when you buy like your Trader Joe's or your Cape Cod or like any kind of kettle chip, it's made the typically made. I'm sure there's different kettle chip factories, maybe regionally, but in Oregon, where this factory was, um, that's where kettle chips were made, right? And um, all the kettle chips for most of America. And like uh, the Costco kettle chips are made there. I don't know if you ever had Kirkland kettle chips, but that's the same fucking place, dude. Uh, it doesn't, it's nuts. Um, so anyways, same potatoes, same ingredients, same machines, just like, just changing the fucking bag. So I'm talking about this factory, right? And there's six machines. And these machines, what they do is they fill the, the potato chip, he could probably watch a YouTube video about this. They fill the potato chip up with bags, seals the bag, sends the bag down. Someone packs the bag into a box, then they tape the box, then they stack the box, then they ship the box, right? Um, and when I got there, they had just implemented a new assembly line that removed like one or two workers. Automation, dude. So what would happen is um, this assembly line removed the person who... Uh, packed or put the chips in the box and taped it right so um, this thing would <laughs> would pack a bag full of chips seal the chips send it down the line put it in a box wait till that box had the certain amount of uh, chips required to make that box full tape the box sh shut send the box out and then one person would stack it so there you this this new is I'm, let me get to my point this new assembly line when I when I looking back on it, removed two jobs, okay, uh, or maybe one. It depends how good of a worker you were. Um, so this they could have afforded. I I would imagine kettle chips to have implemented this on every single line, but it's probably would have been costly, and it's just cheaper to have slave labor, right? It's always cheaper to have. And I'll say this: what when the left talks about, I I know nothing on. I meant good factory workers and other factory workers were like. Oh, I get this whole idea of like, oh, we need really low end workers. And the reason why is like, if you think about a job, most jobs, most jobs fucking suck. Most jobs are just wage, wage saving. But this job, and we're working at a factory, is one of the most inhumane, dehumanizing jobs 
ever. And I get the people who do like it. And for the skilled managerial people, there is an element of like you're trying to keep people alive. So like you got to stay on your toes and you're getting a good paycheck. But for the average person just working, oh my God. It's monotony. And everybody there is, just so you know, I hope no, this doesn't get around to the kettle chips people, but everyone there is fat. And here's why. Uh, you want, they, you're, you're always testing new chips. I swear to God. And they don't just have kettle chips. They have like all kinds of chips and all kinds. Like so every Thursday at the kettle chip factory, they gave you two full bags of any like chips you wanted or chips they made that month or whatever. So like Jesus Christ, bro. I don't even eat one large bag of potato chips in a month. Probably in a fucking year, bro. I swear to God. Anyway, so while I'm working at this factory, dude, I'm just stacking up bags. Dude, talk about bags, bro. I was getting bags on bags of potato chips. And I started like every day in the factory. I'm like, dude, what's going on here? And then I, my uh, position in the in the factory was a little bit different. So I had an opportunity not only to receive a bag of chips every Thursday, but actually every single day, uh, a free uh, small to large extra bag as I walked in and out the door of the kettle chips factory. Cause this is a pretty interesting. If you, if you ever get the chance, just uh, go to the kettle chips factory. You can do tastings and stuff there or whatever, whatever. Excuse me for coughing. But if you also just want like a free bag of chips, just walk into kettle chips and they'll give you one. It's crazy. And, most people don't know that because most people don't want to walk into a factory. But I think at a lot of factories, if you do just walk in and you just say, yo, I want a sample, they give you like the entire fucking thing. You know how Costco gives you one of those bullshit cups? Not these motherfuckers. They'll give you a whole bag, dude. And something you can't even get locally. Like, uh, I mean, some of the flavors I was like digging. Like They were doing samples of like shit they were sending to Japan, like all kinds of crazy shit. Like wasabi kettle chips. You're like, what is this? You know? I don't know anybody who eats wasabi. I really don't, man. I really don't know anybody who eats wasabi. So, uh, what's this podcast doing? Not much, man. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to brand and how to get people on as guests because... Uh, right now the Patreon's strictly conspiracy heroes and I'm trying to create, and I'll talk to Hollow Hill and the other guests I have on Hollow Hill is a bit different. I think they want, and I agree, uh, when we'll have to talk to them, about, but you know, you would imagine that people want more access, like in my mind, doing a podcast with Hollow Hill, I think it benefits me and everybody else. If everybody gets to listen to it, right? So putting it behind a Patreon doesn't make as much sense, and it's not really associated with conspiracy heroes. But to me, it's kind of exclusive, high-end content, at least from my perspective. So uh, I've been thinking about that and how to create interviews or segments that's based off the Provo Kid that can be put on my Patreon. If you don't know, I have a Patreon, Conspiracy Heroes. Uh, it takes a dollar to support me. Um, that's probably the only add-on here. Uh, I'd go check that out. I uh, really appreciate any support. Go check out my Instagram. Go blah, blah, blah. You know, that's my ads. And I was thinking about this. Oh, this happened. If you, if anybody's a big fan of my uh, Saturday cringe post, 
I, I need to let everybody know this. I've been paying attention. There's a few other posters on Instagram who post cringe type content, right? And I'll notice like them coming across. I got a good feed, right? I've followed enough people to typically like, um, and Instagram and TikTok's so strange, dude. Um, they've, they've altered the algorithm now. So I'm getting, even though I am subscribed or I follow like 500 top tier, uh, content creators, like the best. TikTok has to offer. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go look at my stories on Saturday. So I follow about 500 people or whatever, dude. And I realized that um, Instagram, ch- not Instagram, excuse me, TikTok changed their algorithm and is keeping my uh, feed in a loop cycle with about, I don't know, probably the same 20 content creators. And it's not really introducing anybody new so the only way to scroll through my content is to go to the people I actually follow and then click their fucking pages and I find that odd so it's just interesting so if I go to the feed section where it's I'm looking at people I'm following right uh, it just keeps repeating and then if I go to my feed section where it says for you or hey where you're discovering new people what the con the type of content I'm getting now and I feel like I'm writing a complaint to TikTok like fix this but it's just interesting. The content that I'm getting is obviously more mainstream. And it's like, why? Here's more mainstream content. That's just, it shouldn't pop up. It'll be like, you know, one of those uh, sexual, uh, like, uh, I don't know. You're seeing other, other, how would you describe the post? They're like the these TikTok girls doing... They like have something wrapped around them and then it's like a longer video and then like it's them in something scantily clad, right? If you look at everybody who I follow on my TikTok, the the likeliness of the algorithm thinking that's the content I'm looking for is zero. And about everybody I follow is on the spectrum or just like it's so, you know, I follow prison TikTok. There's no reason sometimes and what are some of the other suggestions I get? Just like main just the most viral TikToks. I'm just getting in my feed now of like, what is this shit? This, this recommended sections now, nothing to what I've curated my following list for. And I don't get that. And it's just something I noticed recently because last week when I was getting content, every fucking person I was coming across was like, oh, gold, gold. And then I was doing it today. I'm like, why am I getting like, quote unquote, viral TikTok videos? Because a lot of the people I follow aren't viral, right? They they got almost no viewers. Sometimes they have a lot. Uh, it all depends. But so TikTok did something to the algorithm. They changed it. And uh, I find that highly interesting. Um, not sure what. Um, fuck, bro. Where do I take this podcast now? Um, Britney Spears is just posting just more bomb-ass shit. So, like, fuck. Pretty happy about that, dude. Like, just when I think about Britney Spears and everything she's doing, it kind of makes me excited that, um, and you can tell that if she keeps doing what she's going to, what she is doing, like, oh, Britney, and here's the other thing. If something terrible happened to her, I think they had her, like, fucking uh, men in black brain wiped. You know what I mean? I think she knows some shit was going on, like, and she's, She's trying to look back and process all the fucking shit that happened to her. And she's like, 
she's starting to look back and she's like, yo, wait a minute. Something isn't right and something wasn't right. I was being heavily groomed to be a super pop star, whatever. And she's just starting to understand like her true identity, which is upset at the people who've been molding her. Because if you look at Britney now and you're like, what the fuck? You were all those other people that they tried to sell me as? Like the person on your Instagram is, I tell you this, is not the person who I know who shaved her head, who was, oops, I did it again and hit me baby one more time with the baby long sogging. Like I did different Britney, so... I can't wait till Hannah Montana does the same shit where she's, she's like, uh, upset about the way people, like, uh, groomed her into being what she is. And she she has to ask herself. And Hannah Montana will ask herself this. Did, did I ever really have a choice in doing anything? Or was my family and circumstances, like, the only reason I chose the path that I'm in? I think a lot of times these pop stars and these child celebrities, like, at the end of the day, and it's got to be difficult when you realize, like, oh, my parents put me in a commercial or a movie at, like, I don't know, the first week I was born, or they were trying to. It's crazy when you think about that. If you ever see a baby in a movie, a live one, you always have to remember there was a parent who read, like, an audition role that said, looking for uh, child, baby, infant, whatever, to play this role where they're scared. Like, think about the movie uh, Labyrinth with David Bowie and the scenes in that movie with the child, right? So who who signed their kid up for that knowing, like, oh, we're going to... Hey, I don't know if your kid's cool with this or if you're cool with this, but you're going to have to be. Uh, we're going to dress up uh, a lot of goblins and demons-looking creatures, and uh, we're going to have them dance around and play with your kid for a couple scenes. We're also going to have them kidnap your kid, like do all this crazy shit, and you're like, okay, 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 yeah, 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 that's fine, that's fine. How much are you paying again? So uh, my point is, it's just nuts where some people were like, god damn, mom and dad. And I think this happens all the way through everything. And I read some privileged thing where, uh, apparently a privilege now is going to class. I'm not going to class, going to college, right? And that is some of the most outright asinine bullshit I've ever heard. Like, uh, I think college used to be privilege, right? There's this old thing like, what's bougie? You know what's not bougie anymore? Going to college. That ain't cool anymore. It used to be privilege, right? So things change, right? So it used to be uh, wealthy people send their kids to college. Now, wealthy and poor and dumb and broke and old, anyone can go to college. It's not a privilege thing anymore. College isn't privilege when everyone gets to go, right? College isn't privilege when everyone gets accepted. Law, A law school isn't privilege when everybody can get accepted into a law school a phd program isn't privilege when everybody gets accepted into a phd program what's my point my point is there's the there's this societal idea belief perhaps in some groups of people that like these systems provide privilege when in fact they don't anymore because the the, the privilege used to be in the exclusivity of some of these things right privilege is an exclusivity but when everybody's included included there is no privilege everybody's the same right so what do i mean by that uh grandma can apply to college and get a fucking student loan dog anybody can go right anybody can go <laughs> it used to actually be difficult uh from my understanding to like get into college more than it is now right now like they'll sign you up in high school 
and have you applied to three or four different colleges while you're taking classes. They are pumping people through these institutions, friends. And it's absolutely sickening. And it's sickening when people don't understand this. It's sickening people send their kids to these institutions. And here's the other thing. So this there's this recent incident in Buffalo, right? Uh, and you know what nobody's talking about? This person, this individual who committed this terrible act, was in the care of the state. I think I already talked about this from the time he was in sixth grade all the time he was 18. You know who's not responsible for the way this person developed? The school system, the state. And I find that so horrifying, right? So this person who was molded and educated by the state of New York, right, for m most of their life, uh, presumably, um, committed this horrific act and they're not held accountable, right? So I think, honestly, if you are educated by a system and you do something terrible, people need to look into that system of education and ask themselves like, oh, if you spend uh, 12 years of your life in a public school typically um, and you come out like that individual did, what what's wrong with our public schools, right? And here's another thing most people don't want to talk about with that incident. This individual, uh, with almost certainty, clear certainty, if, if what... I mean, I don't even, I, here's how many articles I've read, zero, and here much shit I've looked at, zero, but uh, almost certain this individual is in special education, and I think one of the easiest ways to solve this problem of, of these crazy people doing these crazy things in schools is to just get rid of special education, and it sounds horrible, but if you look at the most recent uh, mass shootings, <laughs> it sounds sad, but uh, they're all in special education, most of these perpetrators, right, they're all on and they're on medication, and that medication was prescribed to them during their uh, time in the state's care, right? Typically, right? That's my assumption where these individuals go into the state care, a.k.a. public school. The public school says these individuals are unwell. They need to be given these pharmaceutical cocktails because my favorite thing about public school is this, right, and special education. We, every, we love everybody for who they are. But if you're if you don't quite fit in with who we are, we're going to medicate you until you fit into who we are. Because everyone's welcome here as long as who as long as you're us. Right? And the only way you can be us, apparently, Johnny, is if you're medicated on thirty milligrams of Adderall and some fucking antidepressant, anti anxiety drug. Oh God, it's sickening. And it's so sickening a lot of people won't see this connection and it's it it's mind-numbing how embed there's two companies two two institutions that are so embed it it hurts my stomach okay it hurts my stomach how embed these two institutions are ready ready for it i've talked about i've talked about this before but i don't give a fuck the two institutions that are so embed with each other are the pharmaceutical companies and the education system right so you have students who go to public school and public school says in order to come to our school um you need to have these products uh that are given by these pharmaceutical companies and then you say okay um well i don't want to use those products uh well then the school will say um like if you live in New York, they'll say, "Well, you have to. There's no exemptions." If you live in other states, you'll say, "Well, you can have exemptions." They'll say, "Okay, 
you can have exemptions on uh, some of those uh, health treatments, as they might be called. And then you just get your kid into school, and then your kid starts misbehaving, and then they say, hey, your kid's misbehaving. You know, <clears throat> you know that same company we told you to get those injections for your child from? They actually also have pills, believe it or not, that will make your kid uh, focus, quote-unquote. Or if your kid is a little bit, uh, who knows, melancholy, it'll, it'll brighten up their spirits, right? And so you should go back to our friends, the pharmaceutical companies, and, um, and uh, they'll help you out. So it's just funny how these two institutions um, kind of – are so marinated together that people don't have a hard time. I see them as the same thing. Like they're both corrupt. They're both like, oh, disgusting. And here's the cool thing about both of these institutions. Uh, let's say you go to school for 12 years, you can't read or write, and you come out dumber than a fucking box of rocks, and you hate everybody around you. Guess who's not liable? The school system, right? Isn't that weird? Uh, it's the only. One of the only enterprises in the entire world where that can be undertaken by an entity and where there's zero liability. So think about that. Um, there's zero liability for the school system on whether you're educated or not. Now, if you have a disability, we'll have that conversation in a minute. But in general, even the, even if you have a disability, let's say you never learned how to read. The school's still not fucking liable. They're just liable for some small things uh, but in general they're really they're, what they're liable is for the time in yeah, the six hours you're there during the day and that's basically it right but even then there's like ah well we're not sorry your kid got beat up you know we can't really do much about that but there are ways to sue schools and stuff but as far as education is concerned if you come out stupid can't do anything about it there's no refunds and the other thing that's also interesting, so no liability with schools, right? You come out stupid, no refunds, we're sorry. You spent 12 years with us, that's just what you get, you're done. And you paid for it too. The other institution that's completely free from liability are also pharmaceutical companies. They'll sell you a product, the product's intended to prevent XYZ or minimize XYZ. Let's just say it doesn't do any of those things and you go back to that company and you say, you know, uh, I was told this would be this and this would be that and none of it was true. The company, the pharmaceutical companies say, well, you see, we're not liable. I'm sorry you got Bell's palsy, but we're not liable. I'm sorry you developed type 1 diabetes, but we're not liable. I'm sorry you developed encephalopathy stuff word but we're not liable i'm sorry you developed shingles but we're not liable i'm sorry you you know i mean it just goes on and on i'm sorry you developed myocarditis we're not liable so you, you get this and like think about this you buy a car and the seatbelt doesn't work you know who's fucking liable the, the fucking car company it's pretty simple dude sorry man uh, i smoked a little herb earlier medical obviously let's say uh yeah, man, liability is everywhere, right? You walk in a business and they don't fucking, and it's icy or whatever. No, how about this? There's oil on the ground. You slip and you crack your hip. I'm like, yo, your business is liable or whatever for making sure uh, there's no spills and shit. What the fuck's up with that? So that's uh, that's kind of my perspective on that. Um, 
drawn out, long-winded, and overdone, and uh, repeated as as usual. That's the Provo Kid podcast. People don't really understand what I'm about, and it's about kind of making the same podcast every few weeks. So hope you like. Hope you enjoyed that same segment I do every every few weeks. So, anyways, um, fuck, man. Where would I take Where would I take this podcast now if I could take this podcast anywhere? Um, I'd probably like to talk about the fact that, like, I think there is a point of singularity coming in the near future, and where people don't really, I think this is absolutely what frightens the, the elites. We're really approaching a point to where I think wage slavery, it will, I hate wage slavery, right? Everybody knows this about me. But we're reaching a point in society where, excuse me, it's almost becoming pretty obvious that um, the wage slavery that exists is abhorrent, right? And it could be ameliorated or resolved or uh, how would the word be? What would the word be? It could be remedied. It could be improved upon. And none of these things are happening, right? So wages aren't going up. People are still working wage slave jobs. And what I mean by that is they could automate so many fucking jobs and just free up a lot of people. And is that good or bad? Because th- here's the truth. I like You talk about universal basic income. You talk about communism, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people say, oh, these things are that. These things are this. You know what's what's going to happen? Or it could happen. The reality of automation, the reality that we're no matter what, we're going to have a lot of unemployed people. And that's probably a good thing. Whether you like it or not, I'm for freedom. I'm for people sitting in their own time and figuring out what the fuck they want to do with their life. Um, we just have to structure society in such a way where we're not uh, propagandizing people to just consume, consume, consume. We need to ask our government, and this sounds crazy, create more, like hire Jocko Wilkink or whatever, dude. Create more motivational things. Have people create more instead of consume more. We have created such a consumer-based culture. And I i mean, I'm living off it, right? Like people are consuming this content, not living off it, obviously. Uh, that's for sure. I do this for fun. But what I mean is I'm creating content in the hopes that someone consumes this, but you can consume this podcast while you create, right? You, can make, you could uh, be making something, driving something, doing something, and listening to a podcast. Um, so, but in general, I'm all for a lot of unemployed people due to, um, automation. And when these people, when I think there should be a level, this is also stupid to talk about sometimes, but there should be a a level of responsibility from corporations and government to keep these people afloat and to keep every American afloat, every citizen afloat. And the reality is there's, there's too much for everybody to not be content, right? There's too much in this world for everybody to to not have what they want. And I think there really is like a scarcity mindset. And it's hard not to believe in that. But here's here's my point. There's this idea that like all of a sudden there's less ingredients for breast milk formula. There's this or that. Like all the same things were there this year as there were that year. There might be a few details uh, that aren't aligned correctly and if they aren't aligned correctly let's look into those policies right but for the most part what i'm saying is on the base level the things that are needed to make all the things that uh, are in these products are there we could just start 
uh, Ameri- like oil. We could just start drilling today and drop price down to 50 cents if we wanted to, right? Like we could do crazy things. The only way, the only reason things are the way they are is because somebody's benefiting. And a lot of people don't get that. It's like, why is inflation up? Why are, why are these shortages? It's because someone's benefiting. Or you don't get that. The only way things happen is when someone benefits. And you, you, you're, well, it's not me. I know it's not you. It's not me either who benefits. But someone's benefiting. So they're maintaining this whole system. Like, how about the $40 billion to Ukraine? Meanwhile, baby formula shortages and, you know, supermarkets in America sit empty. And it's crazy. I went to one today. And I was like, is this real? It's, is it? And I go, look. And sure enough, sure enough, whole aisle's empty. And uh, it's just kind of nutty, you know what I mean? And I saw two baby formula things there. I'm like, I could buy those, and uh, what, what, take them to somebody and donate them, like what are like or resell them. Like, who are those people who do that? But and I thought, who resells baby formula? Like, who pimps out? Like, who hustles that? Like, and here's a disgusting thing. If I had the thought of like. What's that worth? And I didn't I didn't find out. I don't know what the baby formula is worth. But I just imagine it's worth something. There's got to be people out there that are buying way too much baby formula and selling it. And thankfully, I'm not someone in the in the position who needs it or wants wants it or like wants to sell it. <laughs> and like how much like like who are you if your hustle's like just waiting for the next shortage? Like you were there when the toilet paper fucking pandemic hit, and then you were there when the hand sanitizer was hot, and then by hey, holy fuck, when they ran out of baby formula, you were there a week before swooping it all up, selling it double, double, double the price. You know, the week or two after, man. There's some real, I would call them cutthroats. Like I could never. If I saw someone, like, here's the other thing. If I bought the baby formula and then I was like, oh, you need it? Here. <laughs> I couldn't even sell it to someone. But imagine, like, there's these people out there that are like, look at you and say, yo, pay double. <laughs> like, but but I really need it. I only have half of It's like, pay double. God, people are sick. So I don't know, man. I just believe that everything we need is there. And the only reason these shortages and all this shit's going on, the war with Ukraine, is because someone's benefiting. It's super simple. Um, it's not too complicated. It's not me and you who benefits. It's the people at the top, obviously. And it's hard to understand that because your pocket gets smaller and theirs gets fatter. And you don't equate, you kind of equate your experience perhaps to every other American. And these politicians and these leaders are depicted as every other American. But trust me, when I say that they're not every other American, uh, these people are fucking dis- well for the most part, for the most part, these people are just disgusting, trust fund, ah, loathsome individuals. And there's a couple good ones out there. There's a couple real politi- real like politicians. I don't even know who they would be, right? I know Rand Rand Paul might be one, but even then, dude, it's like I. Bro, I don't know if I trust any of these people. Uh, you know what I mean? Like any politician right now in America. I honestly think <clears throat> we need to just clean house. Make a new rule after 2024 and say, yo, we're going to just only allow new entries. 
So a new president, you know, like you can't have run before. Like you know, new senators, you can't have run before. Can't have been in Congress. Like just imagine if we had everybody in government, they were all brand new. I think that'd be fucking awesome. So never will happen, obviously. And uh, yeah, man, I just don't trust any of the. Fu- That's the thing. A lot of people too are like. A Democrat and Republican and even Libertarian and I'm kind of a you know people will know I'm an anarchist but just the fact that people still think in R's and D's boggles my mind like oh you like people would say you you know you should vote for Biden or like they'll name any candidate how about this I don't trust any of them green party to no party like yo I'm not gonna vote I don't believe in any of these fuckers um, and it's nuts people still like it's a game right if you get cheated in a game, right, and I'm not saying when I got cheated politically, but, like, when you get cheated in a game and you're playing against somebody and you know this motherfucker cheats every fucking time I play this game, why would you play it? You, like, if the, here's, here's where I play with someone who cheats. If they're severely disabled and I think it's cute or fun and it's like, yeah, dude, I, you got me. <laughs> oh, man, it's so fun playing with you. That's where I will allow someone who I'm playing in a game to just cheat or like do think something what I would consider typically immoral in a game-like setting. Um, but these politicians and our government have been lying, cheating, and stealing forever. So these people will like, yo, you hear about this candidate? Or like even DeSantis. Let's talk about him. Governor DeSantis. Like I think um, he, although whatever, like politically aligns with a lot of things I've thought recently, still don't trust the fucker. Runs for president? I'm not voting for him. Uh, he could say whatever he wants. I bet. I mean, I'd have to see if I, for me to trust any politician, I got to see like an assassination attempt on them, and for them to be like fucking ducking and dobbing and sur- like trying to survive. Everybody taking him down. Like with the thing with Donald Trump. Looking back, it's like oh, the media hated him. It's like no, no, they loved him. Everybody loved him on both sides because what what Donald Trump allowed. Uh, the political system to do was to rile people up so much that when they put someone else in, people would just say, whatever, do what you want. I don't fucking care. Glad that guy's gone. So the new guy comes in, starts doing a bunch of things. Nobody like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nobody's checking up on like what it, what Donald Trump allowed was for like when a tsunami comes, like the shore recedes out, right? And then it comes swooping back and taking all your fucking rights. And I think Donald Trump, honestly, was such a fucking, like, heel, WWE-type political puppet coming in, riling up both parties, and then he fucking leaves, and a new president comes in and just shits everything up, and no, like, we're all, well, the other guy's gone, or, like, nobody's... It's all so fucked, bro. The things that Biden's been allowed to do, uh, like the $40 billion to Ukraine, think about this. Right? Forty billion to kill people. That's what that money's for. No other way to put it. And people over here are arguing about like the abortion. <laughs> about life. Think about this. We're arguing about how important life is in America while we we, we let our president send forty billion dollars to Ukraine to kill people. <laughs> Holy shit. America is so fucking blind sometimes, guys. It drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely batty when people are arguing over here about abortion this and abortion that. And the president just says, here's $40 billion to kill people. What the fuck? And we're over here, life is precious. Or not life is precious, but we're over here just 
diddly daddling, like arguing over bullshit. It matters. It matters. I'll, I'll say it matters. But when you watch your president just piss away $40 billion while you, oh man, don't even get me started. You have millions of brainwashed students uh, from public school who went to college. And when I heard this yesterday from a, from a viewer that their high school made them apply to several colleges, oh, and people were saying, these kids chose to go to college. No, they didn't. They were fucking programmed from the time they were six years old till the time they graduated. They were even forced to apply to these motherfuckers. And then they were like, well, you'll figure out how to sign the loan, Johnny. Go take this little class. I'll teach you all about it. It's like, God damn it, dude. My parents and every other fucking boomer parent, Generation X, need, like, they were all fucking just, whoa, bro. A couple, couple good superhero movies, you know, a couple cheap housing moments. Fuck, bro, what happened to America, dude? Fuck. I don't know, man. I think America was always a slave uh, country, slave state, slave empire. It never stopped after 19, 1865, excuse me. Like, I don't care about the 13th Amendment. Uh, I was just in largely regard to chattel slavery. And, like, you can still be a slave in the prison system. You can still be a wage slave. Like, and here's the funny thing about slavery. People don't even know. Like, when they talk to you about slavery in school, uh, they never bring up real abolitionists, right? Real ass abolitionists, ha, vehemently. I hate that word because they suck at saying it. I say library wrong, library, but vehemently, vehemently. Fuck it. They, they, anyways, these abolitionists hated chattel slavery, right? Oh, they fucking hated it. You know what they also hated? Wage slavery. So the real ass abolitionists were like growing up in a time where they're they're like. Fuck chattel slavery. Fuck these factories. Fuck these big rich guys. No more wage slavery. And here's one way they got a compulsory education in. They're like, look at these kids working in factories. Hey, pay their parents more. <laughs> maybe if you didn't, hey, maybe a big guy who owns the big business, don't hire the, the, the children, just pay their parents more. And But they're like, we should force kids to go to school so they don't have to work. What? How about we just li create livable wages? No. Let's force these kids to go to school because that way it'll help them not work. When did work ever hurt anyone? Uh, anyways, it's all fucked. And this podcast is coming to a close. We've been here for, uh, on my side, recording for 55 minutes. Um, we started with Hollow Hill, um, Tube Sock. And we're probably going to end with Lonely Heights. And what if, I mean, what is this podcast going to be titled? I don't fucking know, dude. Uh, it was just here. And I'll say this, dude. When I started this podcast today, I was like, oh, dude. It's always before. This is me before. Man, well, I got nothing to say, dude. It feels intimidating to even just think I have something to say. But, you know, here I am. Here I go. I uh, got anything off my chest. For anybody watching live, if there's anybody watching live, uh, I'll take any questions or comments. Uh, not likely. So uh, we'll probably end it here. Um, <clears throat> what's my answer to like, how do you fix this system, Provocate? Uh, just worry about yourself and try to see how you can live your best life. And don't try to live other people's lives. There's, there's this weird thing going on where like people think they need to be something other than themselves. And I noticed that more in junior high than anything else, uh, this sense of conformity. And if you go back in your yearbooks, I encourage anybody to do this. Where does conformity occur? Probably occurs largely, I would, I would argue, in all public education. But I really didn't feel like I needed to conform till sixth grade, 
where I got like, uh, how would you call it? Judged for my clothing attire. Like I never before sixth grade on God, I, I really like wasn't worried about my drip. I was worried about like recess, like fucking playing, just kid shit. You know what I mean? I swear to God, dude. And then I went to a new school in sixth grade and like someone's like, why do you wear, swear to God, why are you wearing tube socks? When I was in, <coughs> when I was in sixth grade, uh, what came into fashion, they called them fairy socks or ankle socks. So everybody in my new elementary school was rocking these like short ankle socks. I'm walking around like these, you know, long, weird looking shorts. I'm just an awkward looking kid. And I look like Harry Potter. That's what people used to say. And I got these tube socks. And I just got clothes, man. I really just had clothes. I, I swear to God, I did not get, like, I did not think. Sixth grade, bro. I'm just at school. No, I don't know what to think about fashion. And all of a sudden, sixth, seventh, eighth, I'm like, Mom, I need, I need, I need, Paul, what was it, Hollister? I need American Eagle, Mom. Oh, and then what happened after that? Like, true religion hit. And, like, and then you know what happened in high school, dude? I just went straight back to the white t-shirt. Nah, that's it, dude. I was like, when that song and my white tee, dude, that freed my heart up so much. I'm like, that's all I got to wear, white tee. That's all he said. And that was probably one of the coolest fashion moments for me is when, like, they just said, all you have to wear is a white tee. I was like, fucking thank you. Because all that other shit was getting annoying as fuck. Um, anyways, sorry for the podcast being whatever it is. And I'm not sorry. It is what it is. This is episode 55 of The Provo Kid. Uh, we'll probably no episode tomorrow. Just going to hibernate for the big podcast on Monday with Hollow Hill. Um, super stoked for that. Super blessed as well. Um, and we're going to end on... Well, if we're gonna do hollow, if we're gonna do Hollow Hill on Monday, we should probably end with a Hollow Hill song. But I like to, I like to, excuse me, I like to mix things up. But um, we'll just play some Hollow Hill, just because uh, that's what we're gonna be doing. We'll be talking to these guys on Monday. So if you want to watch, maybe I'll live stream it. But um, check this out. Me. Thank you for watching. Check out my Patreon. All the other things people say when they end the podcast. Uh, thanks for your support. I don't I don't God bless you all. Too